0: Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. This is the Neil Lewis, and I'm here with Melissa Riccobono. There you go. I'm bringing this in because this is going to be more of the Melissa Riccobono show. So I wanted to get in at least as much time as I could. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are going to have mean. to suffer through <laughs> yes. Melissa and I talking <laughs> back and forth uh, this this particular podcast. But we think that we have information that's going to be uh, worth sharing for all of you. It's about that time. Uh, you know, school's getting ready to start. Oh my and goodness! And the kids yes. are getting ready to be backpacked off into this institution of learning to make them better citizens and more educated individuals and parents don't have to worry about trying to find ways to make them happy.
1: And they won't hear, I'm bored, That's what the do one. I do? yes, yes. You know, when I was a kid, when I was really, 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 really bored, mm-hmm. I would say, I'm just so borfed. 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 <laughs> My mom knew Hopefully if this I was, was bored. Preschool age. <laughs> hope, hope this didn't carry
0: through through high school. No, or, no, <laughs> no. It was like preschool age. Yes.
1: Okay, yes. God. But my mom borfed. still talks about it. If I knew if you said you were bored, I knew yeah. I had to do something. <laughs> nice. It was it was it was going down fast. <laughs> <laughs> I understand.
0: Yeah. Well, that that is cool though. I was really happy that my son would tell me when he was bored because then it it, it made me focus on giving him something more productive to do in his idle time as mm-hmm. opposed to just leaving him back there doing nothing. So that's that's really good. So let's get them ready for school, Melissa. Yeah,
1: let let's do that. You yeah. know, let's talk about getting ready because that's really where we are right now. You know, we're kind of in that phase of getting ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not generally a a Uh-oh. planner, I guess. Oh, okay. I I would say um, I can be for certain things, <laughs> but I'm also that. Parent that doesn't always think <laughs> things through super carefully, and I'm you know shopping at 10 o'clock at night to get a poster board. Well, part of that's you know my children might not tell me they need a poster board yeah. until 9:30. Well, thank God so. for the list.
0: I, I I remember when you know I started taking uh, charge of Oliver Amaris' responsibilities around school, and the school system would send the list. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, and actually we get we don't only only get the list we get the teacher assignment as well. So it's oh, a nice. big day in the Riccobono house when the mail comes and there's three envelopes from Patterson Park Public Charter School for Oriana, Elizabeth, and Austin. Mm. And it tells all about you know what teacher. And then they always say, text so-and-so's mom. And, text? You know, yeah. Oh my
0: because goodness. Because they want to
1: know who their friend's have I know? want
0: to start over again I yeah. didn't know they made it this easy
1: oh well I mean you know. well no
0: I don't really want to start over. Yeah. that was just a joke listing. no
1: they didn't they didn't. <laughs> they don't text us the they don't text us the paper but when we get no, the paper the, and like they the read contact it
0: contact information for the teachers and stuff. oh yeah
1: oh no well they don't have well yeah actually well that's a whole other that's, that's actually a really good topic I'll have to touch on that in a minute okay um Anyway, but they'll say text so and so's mom so I can know who Marshall has for a teacher, or I can know who Edith has for a teacher, or I can know who Austin has. Elizabeth has a friend named Austin to make it very confusing. Okay. Anyway, um, so that's part of what we do. But yes, we get that list. And last year, my my kids are now uh, seven, nine, and twelve. So we're you know seventh grade this year, fourth grade, and second grade. Oh my goodness. And finally, last year, first grade, third grade, and sixth grade, I finally figured out how to do (laughs) school supply shopping. All right. So it didn't drive me nuts. And I would love to share that, first of all, for any other parent who is finding themselves in need of doing school supply shopping, particularly school supply shopping for more than one child. But it would work well for one child as well.
0: You listeners are so lucky. She's about to open up the holy grail. Of I am trying for to. Now
1: it yeah. takes a little bit of work and it because I'm not usually a planner, it was kind of funny to me that I was actually willing to put in all this work, but it truly did make it so much easier. Okay. So generally what we have done in the past, which doesn't work great is we have taken three different school supply lists to the store. We've all sat down in the aisles, not sat down, but we've all stood <laughs> in the aisles and what do you need? And of course the lists are never in the same order of course. and one kid needs like a yellow blue and green folder one kid needs any color one kid mm. needs a red You know, it, it just it's <laughs> we would forget things or we would <laughs> be you know in one place and figured out oh Elizabeth does have hand sanitizer on her list too so we'd have to go back I mean it was and the kid I want this no I don't want that I want All right, it it. I'm woo, hungry it <sighs> woo woo
0: woo alright Melissa easy Kay. breathe breathe
1: so what I did last year <laughs> I took all three lists and I made a table. Now you could do an Excel spreadsheet. I like tables in Microsoft Word. I'm not a big Excel fan, but that's mm-hmm. just me. Some people love Excel. I do.
0: I and love Excel. And
1: what I would do is I had a column for the supply itself, the quantity, any the other a, a, yeah, well, <laughs> right. Any no, actually what it was it was the quantity and then it was each kid. So if it was folders, mm-hmm. for example, um I would say 12 folders. And then I would put in the other column, Austin three, red, yellow, blue, Elizabeth three, purple, pink, yellow, you know, whatever it was (laughs) so that I had not only what kid needed what, Mm -hmm. but also just the total of how many folders we were going to need. Uh, the total of how many glue sticks and then broke it down by kid the total of markers or crayons or Mm -hmm. tissues or hand sanitizer or and let me just say too, these supply lists are getting longer and longer it's very (laughs) sad because our education system doesn't have a lot of wiggle room for teachers to get supplies so a lot of them really try to stock up as much as they can at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. and so there's things on there like dry erase markers and wipes and plastic bags and paper plates and Mm -hmm. things that we never, I never remember buying when I was a kid.
0: Never had to take tissue to school.
1: Exactly. But we we do now. And so then what I did was this list was the stuff that I could get very easily online. Folders, glue sticks, crayons. I just ordered and I put in a big order with Target and I picked it up at the store, nice. I just had everything ready for us. We picked it up. Anything that the kids wanted to pick out, like um, Austin needed a new binder, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth needed a new lunchbox. I think last year, those, you know, of course, I'm going to let them pick their own stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to be that mean. It and has just to say, reflect
0: their personality. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And and so what we did was we went to Target. We picked up the stuff that they could pick. Um, by themselves or you know for themselves. Mm-hmm. We paid for that. Then we went to the service desk, got the rest of our order, came and home. Voila. And it's then so easy. we had the the list so that we just sorted everything into backpacks right away. Okay. This list says you need a red, yellow, blue. Give wow. me a yellow yellow blue, put them in your backpack. Austin, you need a pink, purple, green. Put those in your binder. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, <laughs> we just packed it up right away. It was done. We put the backpacks in our storage room and we were all ready to go a couple weeks before school started, nice. and so that morning, we just had to pull out the backpack, and we were ready to go.
0: Yeah, that, that's similar to what my mom did for us. I mean, we had four, four of us that wow. she had to deal with, but she didn't go through the logistics that you did she would just buy like a case of of mixed composition tablets a mm-hmm. case of mixed colored folders i remember starting the school year we had that big old box of number 2 pencils oh yeah you yes. see them go down as the year Bearing goes along. down <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah she she used to purchase in volume that way too yeah
1: well and that's the best way to do it too i mean that's that's another really good way to do it if yeah. you if you can and i usually so, try to have a little extra for teachers cuz i know i have a very soft spot in my heart i have a yeah. lot of teachers in my family so I know it's hard and I know teachers spend a lot of their own money to keep their classroom supplied. so whenever mm-hmm. I can, I try to give uh, a little extra kind of at the beginning of the year and then also kind of throughout the year I'll yeah. you know I'll go to Costco and I'll you know throw in an extra tissue box in each of my mm-hmm. kids' backpacks or whatever I can just and throughout the year.
0: My mom was cool with us if we you know took some extra pencils to share with some of our classmates oh, she was nice. cool with that so so Melissa, is it different back to school shopping because you have two, Of your children are blind?
1: You know that's a really good question. Um, It's not so different for us because both of my girls um, do have usable vision and for example crayons, markers, that kind of thing, they they really enjoy those because they can see the colors and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I do hear though a lot from um, parents who have blind kids, totally blind kids mostly, Mm -hmm. and they sometimes grumble about (laughs) that supply list and I hear a lot. what's my kid got to do they're blind what do they have to have crayons for oh
0: so they can color
1: exactly and that's exactly what i tell them what i say is you can feel crayons are great Mm -hmm. you can feel crayons they should be coloring now if they're in high school and they have crayons on the supply list (laughs) unless they're like an art student, but in elementary school you know (laughs) You're going to have crayons, and an and elementary school blind kid should be coloring. I need crayons for my coloring. trigonometry class. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you never know. You might. Yeah. you might. Okay. But uh, <laughs> anyway, for elementary school kids, they should have crayons, even even a totally blind kid. I'm a totally yeah. blind adult who was yeah. a totally blind kid and loved to color, yeah. And our to partnership,
0: draw. our partnership with the American Action Fund showed a lot of stuff around uh, using those traditional tools that, uh, surprisingly to me, were non-visual. So being able to color, yeah, um, being able to tell the difference, especially when you use, um, you know, the under underpinning kind of uh, textured piece underneath the paper, right? You know, really really nice ways of making sure that blind kids can still engage in the educational environment just right along their side. of
1: Exactly. Now what you might want to do is braille the colors on the crayons because mm-hmm. that way the child can, ch- can choose just right. like a sighted child can choose what color they want to use. Mm-hmm. They'll know what color they're using. I really like the bigger crayons, kind of the big chunky crayons. They mm-hmm. come usually eight in a box and those are nice because the braille on them it it stays on them a little bit easier and it's a little bit easier to feel what color. I've had really thin crayons that we've brailed and it just, it was harder to read the braille because there just mm. wasn't as much room to wrap the, the label around mm. the crayon. So I kind of like the bigger, chunkier crayons. There's also some crayons you can get sometimes that are like more triangular shaped and they're kind of cool because they also don't roll away. So they're they're nice um sometimes for kids, especially if they have, you know, maybe other motor challenges or anything else and they don't like the crayon rolling away from them. Sometimes you can find those triangular ones. They're they're kind of nice. Cool. Um markers, same thing. You know, you can't really feel markers as much, but a lot of kids like markers. Or you can get the scented markers and you can also braille the colors right on the markers and then the child can choose. Nice. Um pencils. I hear a lot, you know, why does my kid need pencils? Well, maybe they don't need A ton of pencils, but there were definitely times on worksheets, in workbooks and things that I, as a blind kid, still circled the letter of my answer. Mm -hmm. And if you want to circle, I mean, you can do it with a crayon, too, but you need a pencil. Sometimes um, we got to correct our own papers. And so I would need a red pencil to be able to, you know, circle what was wrong Mm -hmm. on my paper. And so, you know, don't just, you know, certainly there may be some things, you know, um, I know my kid uses... um, they have dry erase markers. They use whiteboards a lot to do like spelling and that type of practice. So maybe those are things that you don't really need, you know. So if money's tight, maybe you ask the teacher and just say, you know, look, my child's not going to be using this. They're going to be using their braille writer instead. Could we, you know, forego the dry erase markers? And I can't imagine that a teacher would say, no, you can't do that. Um, loose leaf paper, you know, mm-hmm. composition notebooks. There, mm-hmm. there are certainly some things, but maybe your child needs a binder. Yeah. So, that they can keep their braille, braille paper, paper. Yeah. all together in a binder. Um, maybe they need binders for each subject to kind of help keep them organized, um, as opposed to maybe, you know, maybe that's even better than a folder because braille can get really thick. Mm-hmm. So, maybe the folder would rip, and maybe a binder is a better way to go. So, talking, and I guess that's kind of my other point, just communicating with the teacher. Talking about if there's a supply on your list that you're thinking, why do you need this or that? Um, talking to the teacher about what do you use that for? Mm-hmm. What types of projects? And that might also lead to, okay, how will my child as a blind child do that project? Have you thought about that? You know, let's think this through. Mm-hmm. Let's brainstorm how my child's going to participate in that type of a project.
0: So so you you're also speaking to a point that on the other side of it, which I can relate to as well. So in order to do that, you have to start developing a rapport with those teachers. So how, how do they receive you as a blind parent coming into their classroom?
1: You know, it's it's really interesting for me because um, when I first started with the, all the school stuff, I was mm-hmm. the blind parent of a sighted student. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that supply list, I had no questions. <laughs> he needed yeah. all of it. Um, and um, But I always send an email the beginning of the school year, um, I always sent one with Austin when he was starting. Mm-hmm. You know, hello, I'm I'm Austin's mom. I'm so excited to work with you. Um, Austin's a really eager learner. He's a great guy. No, I don't I don't usually say that,
0: uh, but, <laughs> but I would always true.
1: say just so you know, and maybe you do know because eventually, of course, kind of word started getting around, and I was. At the school a lot volunteering so people started Mm -hmm. to know who I was and who mark was but I would say you know just so you know my husband and I are blind the best way to get in touch with us is email Mm -hmm. or um, phone or actually now our school uses an app called parent square which is actually very usable there's a few things that aren't perfectly accessible But in general, it is extremely usable, and they actually use it for things like announcements for school, signing up for parent-teacher conferences. You can directly message a teacher. Um, Teachers can post photos and different classroom I mean, reminders you guys have it so easy we do, yeah, we when, do. I, when I was
0: taking Amari to school I, I I took the initiative to just be in their face yeah so that first day of school or even prior to that I would make sure I would go to the school mm-hmm. meet the teachers and yep. try to put them at ease yes. some, some more challenging than others but I'll, yeah. I'll never forget walking into his third grade class one year and uh just taking Amari to the classroom and the teacher saying dad what are you doing here you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't need you in my classroom get out of wow. here you know? which was really wow. cool because that's what she was doing to all the parents all the parents yeah, yeah. because you know she wanted to make sure that that, that was that transitional age the students yep. needed to be become more independent and sorry so she she pushed me on out out of the wow. way but she was one of the greatest teachers because then she would always communicate with me with a little, little subtle stuff and it wasn't all about problems because amari yes. god bless me i mean he he was not a problem child, but mm-hmm. they would call and talk about some of the wonderful little things, so that then at home I could reinforce those things. So oh,
1: yeah, that's that's great.
0: But then there were others that were thinking, "Oh my God, you know," and they they would Mario would tell me they would have those conversations about the thinking that you know he has to go to school and take care of his dad, oh my goodness third grader. Yeah, okay, all right, thanks, teach. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been very lucky for the most part. We've had extremely good teachers that nice. really have not seemed to question our ability to be parents as blind parents. Mm -hmm. But certainly once Oriana started school, then it was kind of up a notch. So not only did I have to have the conversation of, okay, my husband and I are blind. Here's what we might need. You know, Mm -hmm. please, no handwritten notes. Please call us or please email us. You know, Mm -hmm. let us know what's going on. Um, Anything that you have electronically, please send that way. We also had to have the conversation of, okay, she's a print and braille reader and you know she's gonna have a teacher of blind students mm. and here's what this is gonna look like and here's, you know, do you have any questions about things that are going on in the year? And especially as Oriana's gotten older, she's gonna be in fourth grade this year. Woo-hoo. I can't believe it. you almost so, gonna get your house back. Uh, not quite, <laughs> I got a ways to go. Um, but there's gonna be lots of novels that they read this year. I really want her to be using her braille note touch almost exclusively in the classroom. So just having nice. those conversations before school starts of, okay, how is this going to go? And it's been a little bit more complicated because Oriana's had a concussion recently, so there's, she's having some impact still from that. And mm. so it's sort of this whole story, I guess, or just making sure that everything's good for my kids as they start school. And, and really that communication is the key and mm-hmm. really figuring out what teachers are going to be your allies and what teachers might be a little bit more troublesome. But if you know kind of ahead of time, then you can kind of figure out, OK, how can I work around this teacher or, you know, if I need to or, or whatever that yeah.
0: is. Yeah. And what what other kind of relationships you could introduce to make the teacher a little bit yeah. more comfortable
1: or resources mm-hmm. or, or or is this just a teacher that I'm just not going to. Um, you know, I mean, are we just gonna have to deal with this teacher yeah. till the year's over because there are some of those, and that's, but I know not that everybody that in the start, world is gonna be the perfect person that yeah. you know that you like or that and you it may connected.
0: be challenging up front, but I notice that as the year goes along you know, then there's uh, an evolution. Most of the time, definitely, most of the time. I don't think I've ever ran into a teacher that, you know, by the time at least maybe that first semester's done, they're not at least much more comfortable. May not be the greatest, but they're at least a lot more comfortable and easier to deal with, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what other tips do you have?
1: Gosh, you know, um, I guess the other thing, of course, if you have a child who's blind, you want to make sure that your child is very comfortable with that school environment. Mm-hmm. So going in, making sure your child can walk through the classroom a few times when it's empty or, you know, mm-hmm. when it's set up, but but there's no other kids. Really making sure that your child knows his or her way around the playground. Nice. I have memories and I never used my cane on the playground. I don't know why. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but I have memories of being on the swings and kind of being tired of being on the swings, mm-hmm. but being really afraid. To move away from the swings because I didn't want to either get hit by somebody who was swinging or I didn't really know where the monkey bars were Mm. in relation to the swings Mm. or how to find my friends. Um, I guess also having a talk with your child about, okay, if you're in the cafeteria and you want to get your own hot lunch, how do you carry your tray in the line? Mm -hmm. You know, all those things our goals, all those things are things that your child who's blind needs to know, just like their sighted peers do. And so working with them, having those conversations, if it's—if they don't know it, putting those actually in their IEP, that they're going to go in the lunchroom and they're going to learn nice. how to carry their own tray, how to find their friends at a table. You know, they shouldn't just sit down at the first table they come to. And, and wait for their friends to find them. Now, sometimes there's a sign table. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different things that happen. But kids should know how to find their friends. And this, this goes even into middle school and high school. That it's okay to, you know, everybody else is talking loud. So it's okay <laughs> to yell out for your friends. Or it's okay to meet a friend and go through the line together. As long as you're doing it because you really want to sit together and not because you feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't go through the line if so-and-so is not with me, you know, those kinds of things and those kinds of conversations are really important. But I can't emphasize enough just that comfort in the classroom, yep. comfort in the school, comfort on the playground, which sometimes really gets overlooked.
0: Yeah. And the whole key is to set the same expectations that you would have for a sighted child, mm-hmm. it's the same for your blind child. Definitely. And, and and giving them that orientation allows them to really integrate and blend in with the rest of their their. Peers, so yeah. those are really good tips.
1: Yeah, it's so important. Um, you know, particularly if your if your child struggles in new spaces. You know, you want them to be able to confidently walk to their desk from the door. You want them to be able to know where the sink is or where the carpet is when everybody goes to sit in the circle. You know, that's those are just really important things. And if they're comfortable moving, um, that that's just a huge. A huge blessing and, and just a great thing that will help them in so many other ways. And mm-hmm. also, as they get older, they'll be able to start using those kinds of skills that you're teaching them now yep. to orientate themselves yep. to classrooms or to other places.
0: And that's the key. That that's yep. the benefit of our whole structured discovery model. Yep. It's not needing someone to intervene at every place. It's and, those foundational and, skills that allows you to make your own. Definitely, and, and
1: mistakes. And yeah. that's the other conversation that I always have with the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do things for my child that you wouldn't do for any other child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, if they're really struggling with something, help them like you would with any other child. But let But them don't try just first. assume. Yes, let them try first. Yeah. And don't just assume that they can't, that it, that they can't or yeah. that if they... I think about, you know, even finding a desk or finding anything in, in a in a room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go right to it. Other times I hit, you know, the desk on the left and then I think, oh, nope, too far over. Yep. And I go back to the desk that I'm supposed to be at. And if somebody jumps in every single time I did that,
0: you would never that learn. would annoy me and because
1: and I would never learn yeah. what I did wrong and mm-hmm. how to fix it. So making sure that the kids know or that the teacher knows that if the kids is doing that, that that's okay and letting them try that and letting them make that that mistake and explore. The other thing is there's a lot of kids that I've worked with that constantly ask questions. We had one little boy in the Bell Academy a couple years ago and the first thing he would ask every single time we got anywhere near where we were for Bell was, I need things from my cubby, but where is my cubby? (laughs) He would say this all the time. And then we would talk with him. Okay, well, where is your cubby? Mm -hmm. Where are we? Where is your cubby from where we are? Mm -hmm. And so I talked to the teachers about that because – If every time the child asks, someone just takes them to their cubby, Mm -hmm. they're never going to learn where their cubby is. Now, the first few days, it might take quite a long time to have those conversations. and You might need to have them over and over, Mm -hmm. and you might need to keep reminding them of the landmarks or the things they hear or... Whatever it is, it's going to help them find that cubby, yeah. but eventually that's going to pay off and they're going to be able to find that cubby. And when they ask that question, you can say, you know where your cubby is, get on mm-hmm, there, get mm-hmm. your coat off. <laughs> that,
0: that that brings up one more question before we close. Sure. So what about socialization with the other students? Have you done anything with respect to educating their peers and giving them an the opportunity to really understand the blindness? Or what What about integrating them in on that level?
1: You know, that's a really great question. So... I have done some things, and their teacher of blind students has done some things. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually go in, and I don't go in usually right away in the year. Um, and, I mean, now my kids have been very blessed to go to the same school since mm-hmm. they were very itty-bitty. So they are just very well known nice. by their classmates and, you know, even by the teachers coming up. And, in fact, uh, all three of my kids had the very same You know have had very same teachers for certain grades and that's been really helpful and Mm -hmm. really nice Mm -hmm. Um, but I do go in and I read to the classes I read a book in Braille but I've also gone in and just talked on career day about things that I do for career I've also gone in and volunteered for other things we go to reading night we go to math night I try to go to PTA type meetings Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the chair of the advocacy committee at my children's school. So they see you. Just they like see me parent. just like any other parent, and mm-hmm. so not only do I go in and, and teach braille, oh, I also taught braille in Austin's fourth grade class. That was that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually taught them the slate and stylus, and they actually cool. did some writing. Yeah, it was kids take to it really nice. They day. loved yeah. it. Yeah. They loved it, and it was super fun. And I might do that. You know, again, I'm always willing, and I tell teachers that too. I I love being in the classroom, and I'm a former school counselor, and I miss being in a school. So anytime <laughs> I. (laughs) always tell them anytime you want me to come in I will love to come in and I will love to do things about blindness if that would be helpful but I would love to just do other stuff too because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not just a blind parent. Right. I'm a parent, a parent. Mm-hmm. who happens to be blind. And so I have other talents and other things that I'd be really happy to share as well.
0: Great. And I just love working with the kids because th- they're the ones that really ask the questions yes. that the adults want to hear the answers yes. to. Yes. Yeah, so I, I love that's that as nice well. That you do it that.
1: makes me so happy. That's great. <laughs> so
0: you, you guys, our listeners, have just heard the holy grail of preparing for school, feel free to share this with everyone you know you know, yeah, refer them back please, to the podcast
1: but also share your tips cuz i'm sure i mean my goodness i i'm sure there are things that i don't do that you do that would make my life much easier um mm-hmm. uh, you know oh one more thing real quick i do go through the calendar and i try to put important events on my calendar when i can or that's at least make smart. a list in a word document or something yeah. so we sort of know what's coming up
0: that's very smart yeah, yeah we, we would love to hear your tips yeah uh, it's a little too late for me uh, my son graduated college uh, so I'm, I'm done uh, well maybe maybe, maybe grandchildren grandkids something. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes I'll be prepared <laughs> yeah. so hopefully this inf- information has been helpful uh, it's been helpful for me about 15 years or so too late but it's all good this is what we're all about sharing information so that people can learn from our lived experiences and then again sharing what you've uh, learned to help Enhance these so we can share them with other people more broadly.
1: Definitely. But we'd love to hear your tips. Um, you can share them in many different ways. You can, uh, let's start with Facebook this time. You mm-hmm. can find us on Facebook. Just search for National Federation of the Blind.
0: Okay, I'm going to step out there and see if I can get our Twitter handle, which is at NFB underscore voice. Yes, yep. Yeah. You can
1: tweet us that way. You can uh, email us at podcast at NFB.org.
0: And you can always call us at 410 659 9314, extension 2444.
1: And we'd love to have, you know, we haven't had a voicemail for a long time. So we'd love to have that, and we, we'd love to use those on the podcast. we love to hear your actual voices. So if you have a good tip, please feel free to, to send it in an audio way, and that way we can, uh, we can mention people. We yes. can get you on the podcast.
0: Thank you all for listening. We value you, and hopefully the information we shared has been helpful. And until next time, remember, you can live the life you want.
1: Blindness is not what holds you back.